research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view. This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, I'm Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power. I'm joined, as always, by co-host Eric Eggers. We've been talking a lot, Eric, about inflation uh, and how expensive everything is. Oh, tell me about it. I actually just sent, or just set a personal record for how much I spent at the gas pump just yesterday. Now, Part of that probably is gas prices, but maybe you're going to have to start rethinking your aggressive driving style, increase fuel efficiency. Maybe you're going to have to sell that large boat of an SUV that you own. Look, if I was worried about gas prices, uh, I would buy a Tesla or a Prius, <laughs> uh, but I'm not because number one, I'm so incredibly well compensated by working as the vice president here at the Government Accountability Thank Institute. you. But number two, I got a little supplemental income coming in. You know, I'm on uh, food stamps. What? No, it's true. Uh <laughs> Because even though I do have a fancy luxury vehicle, I'm also a foster parent. And as yes, a foster parent, we yeah. do get little of them bennies. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so- but they're little. I little. <laughs> We've discussed these are little. But actually, you're absolutely right. Right. Um, and look, a lot of people are struggling these days. Uh, and we're going to talk today about food stamps. Inflation is something that everybody's experiencing. We also have this massive rise in food stamps or what today is called the EBT. Uh, and we've actually done a lot of research on EBT historically. We're going to be talking about that today. Eric, you're really going to be the point person on this and describing who actually benefits. I think most people agree we want people to have a safety net when it comes to food. But when you look at actually how the economy of EBT is working, the beneficiaries are oftentimes not actually the recipients. Yeah, this is one of my favorite stories. And when you say EBT, it's important that we define terms because we talk yeah. about food stamps, but food stamps, you know, you and I are old enough to remember when they actually gave you a stamp and right. you would use those stamps and right. trade those like in a for, coupon you turn in at the grocery store. Right. But now we call it EBT because EBT stands for electronic benefits transfer. So as a way to destigmatize the welfare system, they give you a credit card that makes it look like you can use it like anything else. So it's less right. clear. Yeah. Uh, so that's what an EBT is. And so, but when they made that transition, and this is pretty wild. Because you think about food stamps, you think about poor people, and mm-hmm. you know we, we actually work with um, somebody who produced a special for Fox News, and in the special they took they found this guy out in California who was this surfer dude, and they found he drove a Cadillac SUV truck type right. thing. Right. He was talking about he doesn't work, and he's buying lobster with his food stamps with his right. EBT cards, and right. they actually like gave a copy of that to every member of Congress, and then Congress changed the law after that to try to revise and make it. So, but that, and the weird thing is that's not actually welfare fraud. That's because that was legal that he right. could do that. Right. But EBT fraud is a very real thing. But one of the things is that while some people there's fraud that occurs at the local level and you hear these crazy stories, uh, fraud occurs at, at a big scale too. But at the end of the day, because it's such big business for big businesses, right? There's really nobody that's incentivized to try to crack down on it. 
That's right. That's right. So we're going to talk about that today, how uh, major corporations, well-known corporations win big uh, with the EBT system and don't want fraud to be dealt with. We're also going to talk about people who are part of the underground economy uh, with benefits. And of course, we have a long history uh, in the United States of public assistance, uh, which brings us to our first clip for the day, which is a terrific movie that came out in 2005, Cinderella Man with Russell Crowe. You and your Russell Crowe king. Yeah, that's that's right. I'm going to tell a good old American story with an Australian actor, right? I'm, I'm just glad you're not quoting Gladiator for once. <laughs> <laughs> so Russell Crowe plays this boxer during the Great Depression named James T. Uh, James J. Braddock. Um, and he's somebody who breaks his hand, ends up working on the docks. It's during the Great Depression. He's having trouble feeding his family. He takes public assistance. Uh, and then he re-enters the boxing ring when he no longer has the injury. And you have this great scene at the press conference where uh, it's described that he has been on public assistance, but he takes some of his winnings uh, from being in the boxing ring and returns it to the Treasury, paying back his benefits. This is uh, a long clip, but a great one. Frank Essex, Daily News. Got a lot of reporters here today, a lot of people interested in this fight. What do you got to say to your fans today, Jimmy? I guess I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I, uh, I know that these days not everybody gets a second chance. You know, I have a lot, I have a lot to be grateful for. You know, I have three beautiful, healthy, troublemaking kids. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I have the prettiest wife a man could wish for. Bob Johnson, Boston Globe. Two days ago, we ran a story about you giving your uh, relief money back. Can you tell our readers why? I believe uh, we live in a great country. A country that's great enough to help a man uh, financially when he's in trouble. But lately, I've had some good fortune, and uh, I'm back in the black. <laughs> And I just thought I should return it. And that's sort of the old school way of doing it, right? Today, we have a circumstance where people receive EBT benefits, um, and I think a lot of them should. Uh, we need to have that in our society. But there's a lot of people that are making a lot of money uh, because of the current system. And we're going to talk about the large corporations that win, some very familiar names. But the other problem is you have uh, this underground economy. Because EBT cards, of course, don't have photographs on them. Uh, they don't have limits, really caps on the amount. You can accumulate a lot of money on them. If you don't use them month after month, uh, you can accumulate thousands of dollars on them. And people actually buy and sell them. You can buy an EBT card for cash uh, because the person receiving the card maybe wants the cash. They're going to buy whatever with it. Uh, and somebody else can make a lot of money doing this. This is a major problem. It's absolutely a major problem, uh, and it's partly a major problem because the government doesn't want to admit that it is a problem. Uh, the government sort of works with the states, and they and we'll talk about what's happened in Florida and elsewhere where uh, states underreport or misreport what their actual error rate is, and because they incentivize to do so. But I mean, just think about from the inflation perspective, and like what ha has happened under COVID. And this is why it's a big deal. It's already yeah. been, it's always been a problem. It's worse of a problem now. Yeah, because with COVID, and we had done podcasts previously that talked about inflation's partly due to the massive wealth creation that occurred under the COVID pandemic. We had Chris Leonard on as a great author wrote a book about the Federal Reserve and how they printed 300 years worth of wealth in three months. Yeah, and that's just in terms of like the, the money printing, right? 
So part of that is what's happened, the amount of money that's been infused in terms of uh, SNAP benefits and in terms of yeah. just public assistance. In 2019, the SNAP benefits, there was 35 million people that received SNAP benefits and the cost was $55 billion. So mm-hmm. it's a big program. Yeah. 35 million people, $55 billion in 2019, the year before the pandemic. Yeah. In 2021, 41 million people received SNAP benefits. So the number of people receiving it went up uh, about 14%, right? Yeah. So but up by 6 million people. Yeah. But the cost almost doubled. We Amazing. spent $108 billion on SNAP benefits in 2021. So, so did the benefits expand? Absolutely, they did, right? It went from an average of $129 per person to now an average of $218 per person. But just that's how much more money has been infused into the marketplace. So when people ask questions about, hey, why are things so expensive? Why are we setting records at the gas pump? Why is milk cost this much money. I don't think you can overlook that aspect of it. That's right. I right because you got more dollars face uh, chasing fewer goods. And the problem is again, there are people that are in need, so we understand that, but there's this massive underground economy and we're going to talk about uh, actually how they try to cover this up. They uh, states will actually hire consultants to help them hide fraud. But we're going to play a video clip now from uh, a lady named Remy Ma. It's she's on Revolt TV. She's got half a million followers on Twitter. So this is not a was that like more than you though that, oh massively more than wow me. but it's so my point is it's not inconsequential in the sense that they're not really trying to hide it right so on the one hand you've got uh james j braddock in the clip we showed <laughs> earlier publicly proclaiming he's paying back his benefits here is remy ma describing what a great investment it is when she pays 250 dollars cash to a friend or an acquaintance for a 500 dollars ebt card i love going to the hood and you know buying people's food stamps see so is it black but, excellence or did it, wait wh- wait what you say <laughs> what <laughs> no for real what when um, i go to the supermarket when i'm in the hood supermarkets and it'd be something like hey um i could just swipe that for you for cash i'm like sure you're gonna swipe my 500 dollars yes, worth of groceries for no better deal still in no the world problem, than I'm me sorry. giving you 250 dollars and you give me 500 of them things what I love about that clip is that Peter Schweitzer, in addition to being an expert in exploring perverse incentive structures in the government programs, <laughs> is also an expert, a bit of a connoisseur of hood grocery stores. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this was just shocking to me because I, I went on Twitter before this program and I said, I'm just going to poke around. And I thought, this is like wide out in the open. This is now, this is officially in government parlance called trafficking, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not legal, right? It is not legal. You cannot sell your EBT card and you cannot buy an EBT card for cash. And the reason is, of course, that Somebody is taking their $500 EBT card in this case. They're selling it to Remy Ma for $250. They've got $250 cash. They can do whatever they want with. It's not limited to buying food. And Remy Ma has basically doubled her purchasing power at the grocery store. This is out and out fraud and it's wide open. And she's not the only one who's bragging about what a great choice or what a great investment this is. So this is the product. So these things happen all the time. But then you go back and talk about how much more money has been infused into the system. And as people that are paying attention to this have noted, look, there's been basically a doubling in terms of the cost of SNAP benefits for the last three years. And people have noted there's also been a quote, clear uptick in cases of fraud. Because here's the deal, as funding's increased, security measures actually have decreased. Wait a minute. How, how does that happen? Right. Well, there's, there's a couple different pieces to it. So what happened in COVID? Number one, you got people that need more help, right? But number two, people are what? 
afraid to do their job. I mean, people are afraid right. to right. go and engage with people. Everybody's kind of shut off to the side. So the so classrooms are shut down. So the people that are managing the EBT program don't want to go out and meet with people. Yeah, but, so they yeah. stopped interviewing people in person. Right. They, right. Some of the eligibility and means testing uh, prevention measures went away. And yeah, generally speaking, they're going to spend less time going to these places, these retailers where fraud trafficking can occur. I mean, just the general level of oversight decreased. Right. Well, and historically, EBT fraud investigators have been an understaffed aspect of it. So as you continue to increase the number of people that are using it, as you continue to increase the number of entities that can take fraud or excuse me, take EBT cards or food stamps, uh, then that just increases the number of places to investigate if you're a fraud investigator and they don't hire more people. So it's just uh, it's really overwhelming and then therefore underreported and underanalyzed. Well, let's step back for a minute because I wonder if you're the state of Florida or yeah. Texas or New York, or California, do you actually have an incentive to disclose and capture fraud? Are you rewarded for that by the federal government? If California said we discovered $150 million in EBT fraud, are they rewarded for that or not? In fact, the opposite is true, right? Really? You're rewarded for having numbers that make it look like your fraud numbers are the lowest. No, seriously, <laughs> yeah, the, state of, the state of Florida just paid back in 2021, the state of Florida just paid back $17.5 million to resolve allegations over its underreported error rate. Uh, and they announced, listen, listen to this government talk, right? So mm -hmm. this is, so put on your bureaucrat and like what actually <laughs> happened language. The settlement announced today resolves allegations. Well, I just want to say this. So th does this resolve these allegations then? <laughs> Like if my wife gets mad at me about something, that's what I'm like. So are these allegations now resolved uh, that beginning in 2010, uh, the Florida Department of Children and Families implemented improper policies and practices to reduce its SNAP error rate. Specifically, the United States alleges that FDF's, you know, Florida's agency injected mm -hmm. bias into its quality control process that resulted in um, performance. It resulted in them submitting false quality control data and information to the U.S. Department of Agriculture for which it received unentitled performance bonuses. So that's what they're paying back, right? And then in addition to this payment of $17.5 million, they're going to forego additional $14 million in unpaid bonuses because they realize that these future numbers that they're about to get paid on were also bogus. So I'm hearing two things here. I'm First of all, error rate is yep. fraud, correct? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they call it error rate. The second thing is that you're, you're actually given bonuses for having a low rate. And, and the problem is, so you actually don't want to uncover it correct? Right? as a state. You do not want to uncover fraud. You want to hide it. You want to pretend that it's not going on. One who else doesn't want uh, the fraud rate exposed and, and who, or who else isn't really bothered by potential exponential increases in fraud? The people that a administer the program. So if you look at the contracts of these financial service companies, it used to be JP Morgan yeah. was involved in it, uh, spinoffs from Xerox and other entities. It's big business. There's a company now called Conduit that has 45% of the SNAP business in the country. And they're touting on their earnings calls that because of one-time payments, because of the infusion of money that's gone into the SNAP program and the food stamps program, like they're making money because these contracts allow them, they make money on every car they issue. They make money on the swipes that occur. Right. They get and a so, fee. Yeah. yeah. And so, and honestly, like they don't care. Like who, who cares if it's a legitimate swipe or a fraudulent swipe? The company is getting paid the same. Yeah. And it's true, unfortunately, for the retailers. Like you're the one that just found out Amazon is now taking EBT money. You don't have to right. be an Amazon member, but you can use your EBT card to buy groceries from Amazon and have it delivered. Yeah. So <laughs> does Amazon care? Like if yeah. they're making money off of it, do no. they care if they're delivered to the right place or not? 
Somebody's paying for it and they're delivering it and they're making their cut. Uh, other big corporate winners, of course, are Walmart. Yeah. You tell know, about what you found out about Walmart. Walmart, 4% of all their revenue, which is some $13 billion, uh, comes from EBT transactions. And again, you have to ask yourself, do they care if those are fraudulent transactions? Of course not. So stepping back, we have government agencies have no incentive to cover this up. The large corporations have no incentive to expose this because for them, it's all about the bottom line. That's their that's their job. That's their responsibility. Uh, and then you've got all these people that are sort of picking at the carcass of public assistance um, through these various schemes. It's well, a huge, massive problem. And nobody is standing up for taxpayers and for the integrity of the system. Well, and this, and this is talk about like kind of as you play this out to its natural conclusion, what's one way? to potentially rectify or resolve some of these issues or allegations. I mean, obviously one would be to just dramatically increase the amount of oversight and investigation that's going to occur, but that's not going to happen for all the reasons right. we talked about. The other would be, and this is where I think it really gets problematic, and we actually did a, a TV special for Fox News ourselves about this, is, you know, so we're talking about fraud and, you know, buying stuff you shouldn't buy and traffic benefits and all those things. But then there's also, well, the things that are legally paid for with the SNAP benefits. And so, you know, one of the things we explored is how come you can buy things like soda with right. EBT benefits? How yeah. come you can it, buy things that aren't good for you? Yeah, this is this is a nutrition supplement right. program. <laughs> Get me some Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi. I mean, that doesn't seem to fit. It should be for be meeting basic nutritional needs. And we actually got in trouble. Well, we got, so what happened is- You we, got in trouble. I got in trouble. <laughs> when we were producing this TV show 10 years ago, we were working with Sean Handy's TV show. And we we're going to kind of do this expose on, look, can you imagine these things that you can buy? Right. Uh, Pork rinds. We, we called, because trying to be, due diligence we called a lobbyist for a, the soda industry right and this lobbyist uh after they sort of looked us up and said government accountability institute exposing fraud and corruption <laughs> and they want to talk to me right so you know decent alarm bells started going off and then so they started calling and basically they were none too pleased with the topic of the conversation this segment ended up being something other than what we planned for it to be right and the great thing about and it, I was almost way, fired. So that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the great thing, not by me, by the way, but the great the great thing about the soda industry's defense, because of course they make huge hundreds of millions of dollars a year off of people using their nutritional supplement payments to buy sodas or to buy snacks. The great thing about their defense was, do you remember what it was? Freedom of choice. This is America. You should be able to buy what you want. Uh, even if it's government money for a nutrition program. But that's another example. So, so, so nobody is actually paying attention. The program is being expanded. Joe Biden recently uh, uh, increased uh, the benefits quite substantially. And so the question era comes, um, who else is is winning or is incentivized in this way? You talked about the big financial firms. We talked about the big corporations. We talked about the underground economy. Is there anybody else on the radar screen uh, that we should be paying attention to? Well, I would say that the biggest, uh, I mean, conceptually, the people that also might benefit would be people that need it for this reason. Mm -hmm. So you said that they just announced that they're expanding the program. Right. So part of the reason why they can expand the program and not get massive pushback other than the fact that literally everybody makes money off of it except for the taxpayers right uh is the fact that they always tout the fact that the united states department of agriculture who oversees the program says it's the best run 
most accurate system in the federal government <laughs> with a 1% error rate. Right. Now, and, and why is it 1%? Because for all the reasons we just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> because it needs to be 1% because nobody wants it to but, be higher, but, even though it certainly is. But so they always tout that. But the, the reality actually looks like something else. And so, but I think, but I think it's easier to sell people on the idea of an expanded benefit right. program. Right. If as well, generally speaking, it's pretty good, even though we just talked about it at 1%. If the program's $110 billion, 1% is still a billion dollars. Yes. Um, but so the Government Accountability Office, not to be confused with the Government Accountability Institute, uh, actually did a report and they said that, quote, FNS reported that approximately $1 billion in SNAP benefits were trafficked annually from 2012 to 2014. Uh, but they said that, that actually may be wildly underreported. And so they said the total value of SNAP benefits that trafficked each year from 2012 to 2014 could have been maybe forty million less or three billion dollars more right, than FNS right. reported, and these are all estimates, right? Right. You have you have absolutely no way of knowing. So the question becomes: What if anything can be done about this? We certainly wish that that you know more people had the character displayed by the the, the boxer who was appreciative of the time and wanted to do the honest thing. But unfortunately, that's not reality. That was sort of a Hollywood movie. You've got a lot of people who are happy to take this money um, and and traffic in it. Uh, and there are two things that kind of uh, stand out at, to me with regards to this, Eric. Well, this is good because I was recently criticized by uh, actually. <laughs> One of, actually, I have two pastors that I know that listen to the podcast. Right. Good. And uh, and one of the pastors was saying, man, you know, it's like a difference between my job and your job is like we both give out complicated information, but uh, you don't have to give any application whatsoever. And I was like, well, I've listened to some of your sermons. I'm not sure you're awesome at applications either. But the point is that, uh, you know, he says we don't have applications, but I think you're about to let people know we do have applications. We've got takeaways. We've got reasons why this information matters. We do. By the way, when you said two pastors, I thought it was going to be something pro profound, like the difference between your talks and mine is we save souls and you don't. But hey, you know, that's, <laughs> that's their choice. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, two things to me stand out. And, and, and I also want to get your take on this because here's what's important for the listeners to know. I know it. Eric speaks regularly before an association of um, people that are in the EBT system investigating fraud. You're yep. getting ready to do that up in Minneapolis. You've done it before. So this is something that you know uh, very, very well. But there are two things that stand out to me that are possible solutions here. The first one is uh, the fact that EBT cards do not have photo IDs on them. Right. And you are you are not allowed to ask for a photo ID when somebody present, prevents you with a uh, EBT card. So the question is, couldn't we simply put the ID of photo on there? It would make it a lot harder to traffic, right? I mean, if, if, if the person using the EBT card does not look like the person on the card, uh, that would be one way to deal with it. Um, the second one, though, seems to me even more simple, you know, simple and, and more appropriate uh, directly in dealing with the problem is right now, let's say you're a family and, and you've got five, uh, uh, five people on, on EBT assistance and you're accumulating, you know, what, five, $600 a month on your EBT card. Um, if you don't use that card in any given month, it will roll over. It will roll over. It will roll over. And so the question to me is, first of all, why is that? Because you presumably using this because you have a nutritional need on a monthly basis. But the problem is some of these cards accumulate six, seven thousand dollars. Right. And now you can trade and traffic that um, and make a lot of money. So why not simply say that, you know, after 45 days or after 60 days, um, it does not roll over. 
Uh, that would be one way of trying to deal with this trafficking, which I think is such a huge problem and really has undermined uh, a, a lot of uh, credibility that people lay in the food program. He's Peter Schweitzer and he hates poor, hungry people. You know, <laughs> you, if, if you, you, you want to profoundly increase childhood and national obesity, it sounds like you must eat this food. Well, I mean, days. to me, to me, it's like it, it should be a need. Right. So yeah. if you're actually using the card and, and you don't use your card for five months. Right. What is that all about? Why are you not? E- either you don't need it or you're saving it because you want to traffic it and sell to it somebody It is else. both something that h- helps needy people and electronic food stamps are also something that are a major vehicle for um, fraud and other things. I mean, we did a report previously on uh, EBT called it EB terrorism. And yeah. Because the, Tell us about that. Well, people have noted that Hezbollah and other known terrorist organizations rely on just like the mob, right? They rely on lots right. of different types of criminal enterprises and revenue sources, including food stamp fraud to help fund their enterprise. And actually the, the last time I spoke to a group of fraud investigators, I had um, people from Minnesota come up and talk to me about, look, we've seen this. We've seen the cash go through these halals or these kind of you know informal um, banking type systems within certain ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it. We've followed the money out towards to these international countries there, we know there's problematic behavior. And actually then somebody from California called and said, we actually see something very much like that happening in our area. And so we connected the Minnesota people who had experience with this, with the California law enforcement folks. And so I do think it's good that groups like this are talking because this is right. a very real thing. Yeah, And that's another reason why it matters because the, the money, when it disappears, it's one thing, hey, you know, you go to a hood grocery store and people get some stuff they shouldn't get. That's one thing. But there are, are documented examples of this money going to people in places that mean us harm. Yeah. And so when we actively then undermine the ability through our policies to prevent that, partly because it's big business for big businesses, that's a problem. Yeah. But that's why it's such a, it's a good story, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's an important story. And I mean, one of the things I remember you relaying to me related to that is there's a huge amount of EBT money that actually goes overseas. Right. It gets spent in Mexico, it gets spent in the Middle East, and you wonder what all that's about, because this is supposed to be for Americans, it's not supposed to be going overseas. So it's a major problem, there are solutions that we can take, and the issue is not, it's oftentimes presented as black and white, right? It's either, you know, you you love poor people and want to help them, or you hate poor people, no. You have a major government program that you've got a lot of people leeching off of, a lot of criminal criminal enterprises making money off of, and you've got a lot of corporations that view it as a major revenue stream, they don't care ultimately if it's going to help the people that actually are supposed to be getting it or if somebody else is cashing in. And that's the kind of government program that needs to be reformed and dealt with. And that's why I always tell them, you know, it's important that they maintain the integrity of the program for people like me who are needy food stamp recipients <laughs> for the many, many mouths I'm responsible for feeding. Yeah, I'm going to send them a picture of your of your uh, SUV uh, <laughs> before they offer that. <laughs> well, you spent uh, more time with us on The Drill Down. We appreciate it very much. As always, you can find the other podcasts on thedrilldown.com. Uh, and we look forward to hearing about Eric's adventures uh, in this uh, fraud conference uh, when we return. Turns. Thanks so much for joining us. 